Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. Hello. Just before we started recording, you were durdering a song for me that's stuck in your head and mm. saying, do you know what it is? And I don't know what it is, but I thought you could durdur it for the Adrift listener, uh, for the drifters. And if anybody recognises it, they, they can email in and tell you what it is. It does worry me that if you don't recognise it, it means it's unrecognisable because... You're quite good with this kind of thing. Like I've, I played Name That Tune with you once and you got pretty much everyone on the first note. <laughs> mm, go on, go on. Let's, okay. let's hear it. Okay. I may have just made it up, I don't know. Is that it? Yeah. When, when I used to work in the record shop, occasionally somebody would come in and say they'd heard a, a song on the radio. And then you, uh, but, but um, I don't remember any of the words. And you'd say, can you, can you sing it for me? Or even if they just mm. remembered a few words, because this was in the days before Shazam or being able to Google lyrics. And we would drag it on for so long, getting different <laughs> members of staff to come and listen to customers <laughs> singing. It was awful, really. That's kind of a form of what you just did to me, I think. <laughs> it was, it was. But I also thought that may, maybe uh, maybe the drifters will know what it is. And I humiliated myself by singing it as well. Yeah, that made me feel better. That's why I did it, mm. out, of, out of compassion. Thank you. <sighs> you all right, though? Yeah, you are right. I, t- I tell you something, mm. it was a struggle getting up the stairs into the attic to record the podcast for me today. Really? Why? Overdid it on my bike ride earlier. <gasps> oh, look at you, Mr. Lance yeah. Armstrong over there. I can't yeah. believe it. <laughs> Who is this new pet? Have you shaved your legs yet to make yourself go faster? <laughs> no, Come but I am, ju- I am I mean, I'm using roids. <laughs> I'm on roids. <laughs> don't you get a spotty back? No, the only roids were me is hemorrhoids, don't worry. Oh. Um, <laughs> I did. Uh, I, d- I did thirty kilometers earlier. You didn't. Yeah. Did you honestly? Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. who you are anymore. No, it's it's weird. I mean, but I think to anybody who's into the cycling, that's a really unimpressive number. Okay. Right. So I've got this app on my phone, and it, it tells me the um, you know the distance you do, and it tells me the the average speed. And my average speed, I think, is twelve twelve or thirteen kilometers an hour 
which isn't really very fast, but I'm really, you know, giving it six nil. I'm really putting in the in the effort when I'm doing it. Good for you. And um, and and as a consequence, I'm extremely st- stiff now coming up the stairs. I'm like the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz, you know, when he seizes up. You got to do your stretches. Are you doing your stretches? Oil can. <laughs> no. Oil can. You don't need an oil can. You need stretching. In two thousand and six, I did a year of working out with a personal trainer. A year. Wow. Do you remember? I remember. I remember you doing it once. I didn't know it went on for a year. I'm impressed. Yeah, it was. It was a year. I used to do two, three times a week. And I hated it, loved her, hated it. And genuinely, I would just always feel like I wanted to die after the exercise. And there was one time I was in the gym and and one of the other clients beckoned over the trainer and said to her, is that man all right? (laughs) Because of the amount of puffing and grunting I was doing. Like my trainer, Rebecca, was amazing. And we're friends to this day, but the, the exercise I hated. But do you know what I really loved? What? Was being stretched. She did it for you? Yes. Ah. And I, if I was in a different financial position, I would pay money for a personal trainer who just came and stretched me every morning. <laughs> just tra- stretched you out, made you yeah, longer. Yeah, because... I, I never put in the effort myself. So in answer to your question, I haven't done any stretching. Mm. Um, but but I just love just lying on the mat and having the trainer stretch me. That should be a service nice. someone offers. That should are be you, a service. Are you in the frame of mind yet where you, where you feel the pain, where you haven't stretched and think, don't worry, Jeff, you're calling yourself Jeff. Don't worry, Jeff. That just means that new muscle is growing. Are you in that frame of mind yet? <laughs> no, it hasn't occurred to me. <laughs> oh, but that, that might that might help me reframe it everything. Yeah. Uh, we, we got an email from Richard Hancock who says, Hello, Jeff. For cycling, I'd reckon this was when I was saying, I, I feel foolish when I use my arm to turn left. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not even brave enough to turn right. But he says, so I was asking for advice on that. He said, I'd recommend a slow extending of your arm. Do it too quickly and you can look a little skittish and overly keen. <laughs> but if you do it slowly and calmly, mm-hmm. this should feel very natural. Okay. I think you're overestimating my levels of grace just as a human being generally, Richard, but mm. also as, um, as uh, a, a cyclist especially. So taking one hand off the handlebar is a very scary thing to me. I'm just not a physical person at all. No. I remember um, talking to my friend Gemma years ago, and she used to work as somebody who teaches couples to do their first dance at a wedding. Oh, yeah. And she said she'd worked with all, because she herself, a highly trained dancer, and she she had worked with all levels of of skills and abilities. And I said, Gemma, honestly, she said, because I, I, I can't dance, I'm so poorly coordinated, I'm the worst dancer you'll ever see. And just going off at a tangent, we were watching something the other day, um, and there was a scene in a nightclub, and here's a thought that occurred to me. Mm-hmm. I thought... It's very possible I'll never see the inside of a nightclub again between now and death. Yes, I think me too. Yeah. 
I mean, I have been so craving going to a rave during lockdown. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's just insanity creeping in. I don't feel in the least bit sad. I said this to my wife and, and you know, she's like, well, that's not true for me. I'll definitely go to one. And she's not, she's not a club person either. Right. But I think the thought to her of having that in your past and not in your future mm. felt too scary. Whereas to me, it just feels... I just feel a sense of relief when I think about it. Anyway, so my friend Gemma, dance teacher, um, and I'm saying to her, look, you could not, you could not teach me. I am beyond help. I have a, a nat- no natural aptitude. It's quite something how uh, a, a rhythmic and uncoordinated I am. And she said, no, I'd, look, I'll try and teach you something really simple. And honestly, you'll be surprised. Within two minutes, she'd, she'd given up. <laughs> I'm I'm beyond hope. It gives you a great excuse not to go to that nightclub then, doesn't it? <laughs> There's no... Will you just tell the story? And I, I know this is a bit waffly. I don't know if this is going to end up being a really waffly podcast, even though I feel like I've got nothing to talk about this week. Almost nothing has happened to me, to the extent that I'm going to get Sarah to come upstairs and talk about something that happened to her in a bit. But... Um, <laughs> Will you just tell us about how you learned to dance? Oh, yes. So, I mean, I might have never done this before. I don't think I have. I'm so, sure you have, but I, I, I love it as a story. I, I just think it reveals oh. so much about you, even though it happened at a young age. Yeah, I mean, I was very young. I'm guessing six or seven, something like that, maybe eight. Um, and I always used to, it was me and my sister and our friend Helen Stoker lived around the corner and we would all hang out together and we'd often be in one someone's bedroom and put music on the record player and they'd be dancing and I'd try and dance along at all but I just couldn't do it and they would laugh at me and I just kept trying and trying and trying and one day we're all together in the room, record player on and I was dancing and there was just a moment where I was like, oh, and I got it. And I like moved to the beat and I could feel myself doing it. And I remember it so clearly. It was a moment that I started dancing. I've never had that moment. I love that, that you just pushed on through. Almost like riding a bike with no stabilizers and you kept falling off. And then all of a sudden you found your balance. But it was like that, but with dancing. Yeah. Yeah. I I got my groove. (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure I've got it. I think I've lost it since then. (laughs) I've got no groove. I'm a grooveless guy. I, lo- I love that. I told you once years. Um, I'm worried that this podcast is is just going to go off on weird tangents and. Um, oh well, this, let's cares, have a tangenty right? podcast. Yeah, keep going. Years ago, I was doing some outside broadcasts from Cornwall, and there was this lovely, big, tall guy in his fifties, I think, who was the sound engineer or, or something it's, it's a long time ago and it was sort of at the in the depths of my drinking but um the, we one of the nights we stayed in this hotel with a swimming pool and i went down there to have a swim and as i'm going in he's leaving i said oh you big big swimmer then um great small talk even even at that age <laughs> he said well funnily enough um i've only, I only learned to s- swim a year ago he said, really? And like I say, he's in his 50s. And um, he says, yeah, my wife always taunted me about the fact that I couldn't swim. You know, I never learned as a kid. I was scared of water. And then last year I was watching the Olympics on the TV. And I, I really studied what they were doing. And then I went to a swimming pool and did it. 
No. So he learned to swim by watching swimming on the television. That's extraordinary. I've never heard yeah. of anyone doing that. No, I know, I know, I know. It was, it was a weird thing. That's why it stuck in my mind all these years later. Um, so that's that. Oh, back to that email, by the way. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, remember, yeah. I was talking about um, not liking to ring the bell. Mm-mm. He said, when overtaking pedestrians, I would suggest ringing the bell when about 10 metres away so that the pedestrian can only faintly hear it, but it doesn't sound too passive aggressive. If they don't respond, you can then try again when a bit closer. I think the worst thing would be leaving it to the last moment. I think that's excellent advice. Yes, and it happened to me on Sunday and I thought I must tell you because there was a cyclist, I went, I was walk, walking in the woods and a cyclist came behind me and it, it wasn't 10 minutes, it was maybe five minutes. They did a very gentle tink, just a tinkle of the bell. It was, it was really friendly sounding and I stood out of the way and I thought that is how you do it. It's good advice. Well, Richard Hancock, you've give, given me, I think I'm going to struggle to slowly and calmly stretch out my arm when turning. But I think, you know, mm. the, the, the bell advice is going to prove to be life-changing. Great. Aside from Richard... How is uh, how's the inbox looking, Annabelle? Have we got some stories from drifters? Yes, there is a steady trickle, but this week we have just one because it's a very long one. Okay. And it is from, well, Rob sent it in. No, sorry, it's from Rob, and he was encouraged to share his story by Nick, who wants to give a shout out to his wife, Jen. Is that complicated? Does that make sense? <laughs> Hang on. Nick says to Rob, you've got to send that story into this podcast yeah. i listen to rob yeah. says oh, i'll give it a listen yeah. rob says oh, i don't like that podcast he says but but, <laughs> but maybe maybe you can get some brownie points with your oh hang on hang on hang on no no so it's rob's girlfriend wife who i've lost track already no 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 do you know no, sometimes no, like you're you, describing you these right things the to me yeah. okay okay i do yeah. a little diagram so and basically, i haven't got a pencil today the story is from Rob. a pencil now to stop okay. this kind of thing happening again over the next half hour. Okay. Okay, the story is from Rob. Mm-hmm. And he was encouraged to share this story by Nick. Rob, yeah. And Nick wants to give a shout out to his wife, Jen. Okay, so here's what I think here. I've now done my diagram. Nick is the only person, he's the only drifter amongst them. No, Jen is like, as well. Are you sure she is, or is Rob thinking? Positive. I listen to this podcast. No, Maybe Jen will like it if I get her name said on it. No, it's Nick that listens. <laughs> Nick listens, and his no, wife. This is, sorry, Jen's the big fan. Oh, okay. Jen's. So, so, you don't know. You, you don't know this because you haven't read the email. I have. Jen right. is the big but, listener. But that would Nick, then Nick suggest also that. listens. So Nick and Jen are listeners. Yes, yes. This is amazing to me because most emails say, I've tried to get my partner slash wife slash husband to listen, but they don't really care yes. for it. Well, No, they both like it. That's great news. Rob, I'm not sure about. I think Rob listens. He, he'll, he'll listen to this one anyway. I'm and, sure. And, that now and after he'll be that sort of rambling first 15 minutes, <laughs> never again. Oh, no. Listen, Nick, that, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that either you or Jen have got here before Rob. Just... 
write down the exact point in the podcast the number of minutes and seconds at which this starts <laughs> yeah. don't let him hear anything yeah, yeah. that has already happened so far this week because i don't feel it's a very good advert for us i mean not that any week <laughs> is really but um so so i'll tell you what what i want you to do mm. nick slash jen is pause the podcast now and make a, a note of the the time so now all right annabelle do you uh do you want to give us this story that nick suggested that rob rob sent to us here it is university had finished and i was enjoying the long hot summer of 2006 there was still plenty of partying to be had while putting off working out exactly what i was going to do with the rest of my life some of the lads and i had been invited to a 21st birthday party of a girl from university or rather a birthday festival in deepest essex She lived on a large non-working farm and there was to be camping, live music and a barbecue. I did not know the birthday girl directly, but I had met her on a few occasions as she was on the same course as a few of my friends. Regardless, I was more than happy to be invited to a party and look forward to plenty of drinking, banter and perhaps the possibility of meeting some of Essex's finest ladies. On arrival at the farm, we were met with superb hospitality from the birthday girl's family. After pitching my tent, we enjoyed an excellent barbecue and started drinking and chatting with the other guests. It was at this point I got talking to this girl. I'm not sure how it came about, but she was local, a friend of birthday girl, very flirty, and I found her rather attractive. To my shame, I can't remember her name now. We must have chatted and flirted for about an hour or so and things were looking promising. However, feelings of attraction and general lust soon turned to feelings of discontent in my bowels and my body told me <laughs> I would have to excuse myself quite urgently. What? It'd been a long okay, I'm day. In, I'm in, I'm in. Wherever this is going, I'm in. <laughs> and, and if this isn't, isn't your thing, now's the time to get out. Yeah. Okay. It had been a long day with the journey to Essex from Berkshire and plenty of eating and drinking on top. I politely decided to take my leave of the girl and promised to return as soon as possible. She seemed excited by that. The toilet set up at the birthday festival was somewhat draconian with portaloos for the men and the single normal toilet for the ladies in the swimming pool change room. And yes, of course, this farm had a swimming pool in what was once the stable yard area. The portaloos were by now, as to be imagined, well and truly disgusting. The daylight had almost gone and inside each one was pitch darkness and God knows what other horrors. I simply could not use them. The band had started playing and everyone was in the main tent. Everywhere else was deserted. So I decided to cross the field and make use of the luxury ladies toilet at the swimming pool. A quick in and out and return to my potential Essex girl. Easy. No one was about and like a ninja I entered the loo and locked the door. So far so good. I did my business and flushed it, or so I thought. Just as I noticed that this is one of those toilets with a pathetic, almost painfully slow refill, there was a knock on the door. It made me jump. Hurry up in there, a voice said, not knowing who was inside. I recognised that voice. It was my Essex girl. I then realised to my absolute horror that something brown and substantial remained floating in the bowl. It bobbed there like a broken submarine, mocking me. Why are you still there? I cursed at it as panic set in. Nerves started to get the better of me. What if she heard me flush the first time? What would she think if I tried to flush it again? Regardless of whether I did or didn't, 
do it, the toilet was still refilling, so I would have to wait. The more seconds dragged by, the more urgent and pressing my need to make a decision became. The fact that I was in a lady's toilet pressed heavily on my mind. I had broken a fundamental rule of etiquette and with a girl I quite liked too. It was only a matter of time before she realised who was on the other side of the door. There was no nice way to dress this up. Sooner or later, she was going to learn that I had just taken a massive dump. (laughs) Then all my hopes of any further interaction would be gone. I weighed up my options. Was there a bin in there? No. How about a window? Yes, there was a window. I thought at the very least I could fling it out, thus clearing me of any guilt. The window didn't open. I was livid. What was the point of a window that doesn't open? Surely some sort of health and safety rule was being violated here. My anxiety continued to rise. Seconds passed, but time stood still as I figured out what to do. On reflection, it was one of those decisions that made sense at the time. But as I look back on it, I still can't quite believe that the human mind was capable of such foolishness. Sorry, I'll be right out, I replied, hoping to buy a moment or two. I knew whatever happened, the floater could not remain in the bowl. (laughs) I had no other option. It had come to this and it was time to be the man and face this head on. So I wrapped my hand in an improvised glove of toilet paper, scooped the poo out of the bowl and slid it into my jeans pocket. (gasps) Then I calmly opened the door. Uh, is this the ladies? My potential Essex girl said when she saw me. Yeah, sorry, I replied, trying to be cool. All ours were full and I was desperate for a wee. I specified uh, wee just to make it totally uh, clear that was all I did. Anything more uh, would put her off. Uh, she smiled at me. I'll let you off. Then she gently put her hand on my hip on the pocket that contained the poo uh, and gave me a kiss on the cheek. Thankfully, the moisture within the toilet paper had not fully absorbed and made its way through my jeans. I was becoming increasingly relieved they'd sprang for the good stuff or things would be a lot worse than I could have imagined. (laughs) See you back there in a bit, I said in a cool and casual tone. She entered the loo and I walked off briskly. I crossed the field to a woodland scrub area. I made sure no one was about and I removed the offending material from the pocket and threw it into the trees, flinging it from me like a cursed family heirloom into the sea. Embarrassment avoided. I know exactly what you're asking right now. How big was this poo? Well, thankfully it wasn't massive. About the size of a tube of Rolos. It was also reasonably (laughs) solid. Still, I managed to get this into the front right pocket of my skinny jeans. Uh. I felt dirty, as you can imagine. I decided to head into the farmhouse and properly wash my hands and then go to my tent and change my jeans and pants. In the farmhouse kitchen, I met this lovely old lady. I presume she was the birthday girl's gran or auntie. Oh, darling, she said to me, looks like you've got some mud on your hands. Let's get you cleaned up. Yes, I told her. It was mud. I returned to the party and no one was any wiser to what I had just been through, what I had to endure. Yet I felt changed. I felt stronger as a person. I had used my quick wits to avoid certain embarrassment. University was over and I was ready to take on the world. But before that, I had to find my Essex girl. I'd gone through all this. I was invincible. No one could resist my charms. Maybe this would be a funny story to tell her one day, probably on my deathbed. I returned to the party. There she was, on the side of the dance floor, clad in a short, figure-hugging black dress. And she was getting off with another guy. Oh, can no. can only begin oh, to no. imagine my disappointment. Oh, Rob. Oh. 
I was oh, sort that. of hoping that like it would turn out to be Jen, or uh, I was wondering if it was going to resolve in that way. But that is just heartbreaking. Oh, Let I me know, ask you a question: when you mm. when you were a younger woman and and you were on this on the scene, when you you remember when you were on the scene? <laughs> oh, so well. <laughs> would it really have bothered? Like, so you you meet some guy, you, you've you've got a connection, you're talking. Would it really bother you mm. if he went and made a bowel movement, sort of mid-conversation? It's, it is off-putting, yeah. It, I, I, it wouldn't bother me, if anything. I'd, I'd think, great, you know, when they came back, I've got the full concentration now. That, that must have been distracting. It wouldn't bother me in the slightest. I'd see them as tainted goods, but I, I accept I may have some issues in this area. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um. Oh, I really feel for you, Rob. Yeah, we've all we've all been there, though, haven't we? <laughs> well, yeah, as we've talked about on the podcast. I mean, as I was listening to that, I was just thinking about the time that I went to that toilet in a show home, which wasn't plumbed in. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to sort of retrieve what I'd done with a carrier bag and put it in my, like I had a tote bag or something, but the estate agent wanted to stand there talking to me. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. Well, Mm. um, thank you so much for that. It was hugely enjoyable. Um, You know, I love those when they happen, but I I do appreciate it's one of those things that people either find that stuff funny or they don't. There's sort of nobody who thinks, yeah, that that kind of humour is okay. Um, It's stuff you either like or you don't, and it's probably half and half. But you know, every now and again, I love a good one of those. Um, Please send us your stuff. I mean, it definitely falls in the. it's the category of uncomfortable social interactions. Oh, absolutely! So, yeah. So, so please uh, send us yours. Uh, it is hello at adriftpodcast dot com. I'm just wondering as well: is there anything that, I don't know hmm. what we would call this as a as a topic? But it would be it was going so well until dot 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 oh yes yeah, maybe it's one, yeah. in the realm of chatting up or whatever but you know i think as a as subject for a story um you know there's a good starting point it was going so well until dot 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 so um yeah please send us your stories as ever it's hello at adriftpodcast.com annabelle yes i am ready for a way in which you're not a fully functioning adult I'm going back in time this week because it wasn't my turn to go to the supermarket this week and nothing happened on a walk. So I'm going to go back in time to 2011, which is a long time ago. Yeah. Like just February feels like nine years ago, let alone an actual nine years ago. (laughs) So a very, very long time ago. And it was a significant year for me as I'd got invited, along with my husband at the time, now my ex, to another couple's house for dinner, which is an event that is very rare in my life. And this was just the four of us, two couples. It wasn't a dinner party. And I've been racking my brains and I think I can honestly say I've only ever been to a dinner party twice. And I'm using the term dinner party quite loosely, even on those two occasions. And I'm certain that I've never hosted one. I've never hosted a dinner party. But when I was younger, I assumed that I'd be going to one like at least once a month to a dinner party, like from my 30s onwards. I just thought that would be my life. Like I feel people like Nigella Lawson are at dinner parties three or four nights a week. Do you go to dinner parties? 
I've been to dinner parties, but yeah, I, 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 I feel it. Just just hearing dinner part dinner party makes me think of posh people. Oh right, maybe I'm just not so, posh. So I feel I'm quite posh. <laughs> if someone says, "Oh, do you want to come round for your tea?" I'm imagining us there with plates on our knees watching the telly. But yeah, what what I'm terrified of is people sitting round a table having erudite, witty conversation. And with people, they'd be sat next to someone they'd not met before, that kind of thing. Like, sort of oh, yeah, yeah, people yeah, from yeah. All yeah. Different walks. I never, yeah. never go to those and like, things. And lots I of people tipping that. Yeah, no, I've been to those kinds of things, and it, it will come as no surprise mm. to hear that I, d- I don't feel that is my natural environment. Mm, mm. Mm. Okay, so we're going back nine years, have I said, and I've been invited to another couple's home for dinner. And usually I have some anxiety before I go about when to bring up the fact that I don't eat meat. Like, are they supposed to ask or am I supposed to offer the information? But I didn't have any of this this time because I knew that they both don't eat meat because I'd had a wedding earlier in the year and they'd requested a vegetarian meal. Right. And this made me doubly less anxious as I also knew they wouldn't be going to any extra trouble for me, like making me something different or cooking a vegetarian meal for everyone when that's not something they'd normally do. So I'm feeling very relaxed about the whole situation. Yeah. So we sit, sit down for dinner. I think we all know what's coming next. <laughs> sit yes, down for yes. dinner. It's a, it's a roast chicken for everyone. If I feel awkward bringing up my meat-free diet before they've even <laughs> thought about dinner, gone shopping, cooked it, imagine how I'm feeling now. But I have to. And I feel like I've got good reason to bring it up because they told me yeah. they were vegetarian yeah. a few months previously. So I force it out that I'm so sorry and I would have said something but I thought that they were non-meat eaters too and it turns out they do eat meat but just certified kosher meat so always tick the veggie box at weddings ah yes and worse than telling them is they're now frantic rummage in the fridge for something for me to eat. Like it's an open plan area, so I'm really aware of it. And I'm insisting that I'll just eat whatever they were serving with the roast chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not like they've made lasagna, like that I'd have to pick right, them yeah, out. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, there's still going to be stuff I could eat, surely, like just vegetables. Yes. So they say, okay, okay, if you're, if you're sure. And I said, I'm sure. I'm so sorry, I'm sure. So they bring out the chicken and then they bring out the accompaniments, some potatoes, fine some carrots, fine, and then a big platter of the worst thing on earth. Worse even for me than the thought of eating meat, Romanesco broccoli. <laughs> you, know, you know you know, how I feel about this. This is broccoli yeah. that surely can only exist because it's been injected with the LSD that's made it into a psychedelic <laughs> mess. I cannot stand it. Nothing to do with taste. It's that I can't even look at it. It makes me horribly anxious. I did a Google image search of it earlier so I could try and find the words to describe it better. And honestly, I lasted two seconds before freaking out. My heart was racing. And it's because it's too psychedelic. Yes, it belongs in a bad acid trip. It doesn't belong in the fruit and vegetable (laughs) aisles. It's wrong. But what am I supposed to do now? Like I've already caused horrible awkwardness with the meat situation. Can I now say no to the broccoli as I've got a phobia of it? Like imagine, <laughs> imagine how that would sound. And I can't avoid it as the host is piling it on my plate in large quantities to make up for the lack of meat. So I do the only thing I can. I eat it without ever looking at it. I have to negotiate the food on my plate without ever looking down. Every bite into it, I feel like I'm biting into insanity. And to make sure I don't catch an accidental glimpse as it nears my mouth, I do long blint, 
blinks as the fork gets closer. <laughs> and I'm fairly sure I looked extremely unhinged. And I'm wondering now, this is why I never get invited to dinner parties. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I told you that I've got so little to talk about this week that I was going to shout Sarah up to talk about something that had happened to her. Mm. So here she is. Hello. Hi. I've decided also if I do um, too long a version of the story, you'll tell me and we can get start it. Start again. We can start again. But I'm not going to edit that out <laughs> because I don't want to go to the <laughs> effort of editing what you just said there out. So that's that's going to be in providing that this is a good version of this story. Oh, okay. Well, that's a fun thing for everyone to wait and see. Okay. so so And then you can say at the end whether or not the first version was good or if I had to do it a few times. Of course, that's yeah. That's fun. <laughs> it's a fun feature. So can I, this is the angle of how I want to tell this story, mm-hmm. is that I need advice, but I don't want it from, and Annabelle, this is said with all the love, uh, truly, I don't want advice from Annabelle, not because I don't value her opinion, but because I know what she would do in this situation. But I think she's so far at okay. a certain end of a spectrum with how people behave that I think it's not a fair answer of how like what the appropriate response would be but do you not think that the people listen to it they're all you know they're all the same i get the drifters i get it but i think that annabelle in terms of oh i'm sorry okay is just 10 out of 10 and i do think that your audience is 5 out of 10 to 10 out of 10 right unless something gets annabelle's rage up which only flares from time to time but when I've it never does seen it. Mm. i did overhear you guys having a conversation she was on speaker recently and she went fucking hell and i thought oh i wonder <laughs> what is going on because she doesn't normally say that kind of thing oh sarah now i'm gonna have to flag the podcast as explicit oh, classic me <laughs> so you could be expl- as explicit as you like from now onwards I mean, now i'm working on that not saying okay. as much. um so 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 go on Okay, so one of my lockdown projects has been working on our back garden. It fell into terrible disrepair when we first moved in. And over the course of the last few summers, I'm trying to get it back in action. And can, can I just sort of admit that I am completely uninterested in it? Right. You, it's, it's sort of the equivalent of like a woman, like buying sexy underwear and doing all these things. And the man just pays no attention. Like I've been tending to this garden on a daily basis since March. And so it looks a lot better than it did, and it never gets any attention from No, me, but I'm pleased about the happiness that it brings you, but I just don't register yeah, it. Don't I register just like, it. look out the window and I see there's green there. But I tend not to even go outside. Like, if I can help, if I can avoid leaving. You have no interest in being in a Outdoors, garden. just outdoors. And generally. an interesting detail for anyone who listens to this might be that when you owned a Swedish home, mm. it was this gorgeous house, but the the front of it, looked like a tip mm. like you just don't invest <laughs> in the land around yeah. the house despite sort of caring what a house looks like so i was like jesus this is like a fucking oh i'm doing it again it looks like a dump and then i walked in and it was a nice home so anyway 
So that's been my lockdown project, and it's been my little thing that's made me feel good and productive. And I'm a novice gardener, and so anyone like that will know that you buy a bunch of stuff, and then half half of it works and half of it just dies because you don't really know what you're mm. doing, and it's trial and error. Okay, so fine. Yeah. Cut to Annabelle. We have these next-door neighbors on one side, the Deeries. I will name them because we love them. I think I've named them on the, the podcast before. They're, they're the best. Are, they are the, the best. best. We just worship them. They do all these nice things for us. They let Jean run in and out of their house. They're always giving us free stuff, like, from their kids. And I just love them. And so they've warned us that they are taking down and putting up a new fence between our back gardens. And um, fine, fine. Thank you for letting us know. It's their side of the property or whatever. However it works, it's like they're the people who have to cover it. So just to warn you guys, you know, they've done everything right. And so these guys came over to redo the guard, uh, to redo the fence, Yesterday? It was yesterday. They came yesterday morning. And I had had Annabelle. You know about my nausea, pho- my vomiting phobia? Mm, yeah. So I'd had a um, – I wasn't vomiting, but I was up very nauseated all night. So I'd had a bad night's oh. sleep. So when my na- – I could have left that part of the story out. So basically, <laughs> when my neighbor wakes up and gets me up in the morning, she's like, oh, they're coming. I'm in, a, I'm in a dressing gown. I'm like trying to avoid all human contact. I'm like, oh, anything's fine. Anything's fine. And when Jeff is on duty, I just sleep all day because I've had such a bad night's sleep. When I come down to look at the garden, Annabelle – what I have mm-hmm. been tending to and investing in financially and t- trampled constantly for three months mm. and off and on over the course of three years. There was a beautiful lily I planted three years. Trampled. Mm. No. I mean, trampled. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, was it, was it trampled, it though? It was trampled. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. Like, I was like, I know that a few things, like, right? Like, I get, but it, w- it was a level of destruction that didn't even occur to me was an option, knowing that a fence was coming down. I figured that, like, a few flowers would, might be decapitated, but I, I it, it was beyond and so I'm trying to engage Jeff because I'm trying to be like, wait, 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 was this was this just what was coming or are these people bad at their job? And you are, Jeff, largely disengaged. Like, I, th- I think they're bad at their job. Di- I mean, I don't know. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. I know you've re- – but, like, he's not he's not feeling my rage, right? Mm. So then so then, as I'm trying to work out how overreactive I'm being, their neighbors on the opposite side start screaming they're knocking on the front door they're yelling they're throwing things like they're going insane did you want to say something about that no no i'm just just enjoying it and so then i'm like oh okay i I guess i'm i guess i'm not flipping out i bet uh, inappropriately i bet they really have done a terror this can't be normal the long and short of it is, over the course of multiple conversations throughout the day, I gather the information from both our neighbors and a friend who was visiting, because they were speaking in French, and this friend who was visiting speaks French, so he could hear what they were saying, and he's like, oh, whoever that other lady is, is is certifiably insane. Like, she's she's threatening to do violent things. She's saying that, like, she's saying all this insane stuff. So then I'm like, well, wait a second. Maybe they're just insane people and it's not an oversized reaction. So anyway, just as I was deciding that I was going to talk to the Deary's and be like, because I couldn't figure out how to say something or whether they knew or what what was or wasn't appropriate. And I was like, you know, I'll I'll ask them how they're doing and I'll say, 
dear dearies, you are our favorite. I love you more than any. You know, you're going on holiday. I'm going to miss you. May I just say that the gardeners kind of trampled a lot more than I thought they would, which, you know, it's not the end of the world, but I know they're coming back tomorrow if they could exercise a bit more caution so I don't lose more of the garden. And as I'm about to say that to this neighbor who I see outside, she comes barreling at me to unload about how insane the other neighbor has been. So now I feel like I can't possibly... This is going on too long. No, no, can't possibly pile no, no, onto no. her load because I worship her. But I also feel like this butthole on the <laughs> other side, nothing even happened to her property. We are the ones who actually had some stuff sort of genuinely destroyed. But now she's going to get compensated and I just have to sit in silence. Oh, this what is terrible. do this I is, do? I sympathize And the reason greatly. I don't... So say with such love again to Annabelle. The reason I don't care what Annabelle, we just know that Annabelle would be like, I'm never going to say anything. But yeah. I, the port, I, pro, the port protocol. The port protocol. I forgot that. I don't I'd know. Stop listening they to the podcast. It, it, his. Here's what it was: is it, it ruined of the actual garden space. It ruined, let's say, one tenth of my actual garden. Ten percent. Ten percent. Ninety percent was fine. No, I get. I bet it, it's actually more than that. Fifteen percent. I want, uh, You're saying a fifth of our garden has been ruined now, 20%. Here's here's what it was. It probably was only 10% out of 90, but truly not being difficult mm, okay. really was the 10% that, that was flourishing on, yeah, and that I'd yeah. focused on and worked on and all of the plants there were doing so oh. well. And that was the part that went away. <sighs> Genuinely, when Annabelle's gone, we could record this. This is taking too long. But, but so the question <laughs> is... What do I do? Do I just go, I'm just going to swallow it. Is there a way to bring it up? Do I talk to the builders? Do I catch them out when they're alone tomorrow? Because I I really, really am angry at thinking about these because they knew what they did. They removed plants. They're trying to get away with something. And that really gets my back up. Don't you think, Jeff? Because so there you, were plants you think that there's were a conspiracy. Then here's what I'm saying: there were plants that were trampled. Yeah, but then they're all so I like had a beautiful lavender bush that's just was decimated and trampled. But then I had other like this lily is just missing from my garden. So they, th- the, you're saying they looked down, they saw, oh, we've ruined this lily. Let's rip it up Let's and pretend like rip it, never it up happened. and pretend it never happened. Right, right, and right. And that is what makes me angry. Yes, I get it. I get it. Now the trouble is, their employers, the people with the ultimate responsibility, are our neighbors. I, I think you don't ever want to get into. No, you never want I, to get into a situation I, with a neighbor. I think unless something, just don't get into it with a neighbor because you can, you have to live next to them. Is so the that's thing. what you would do. You but, want me to but, keep my mouth but, shut well, about it? Yeah, but is there a way? Can can we workshop what you would say if you were going to speak to the gardeners slash builders, whatever they are? Can Annabelle be the builder? Yeah, Annabelle, can you be the builder, yeah. please? Yep, I'm. I'm here. I'm here. I'm doing it. Oh, so, so I've just I've got to approach. Hi. Um. How are you? Hello. Hello there. Hello there. I'm very good. Thank you. Hi. Um, Sarah. How are you? Oh, thank you. I'm I, fine. I feel thank like you. you're being too friendly. Are these people surly, do you think? Yeah, there's a surliness. A surly builder type. Said okay. with respect for all oh. builders. Not, yeah. Yep. Hello. Okay. Hello. Yep. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, yep. I live... That was really good. I um, I'm live next door, obviously. And I just... Um, yep. I just... My impulse is to say peace and love. Like, I just want to come from a place of peace and love, but I can't say that to a British builder. <laughs> Annabelle, can you just come out of character for a minute? Look, how do you think a, a builder yeah. would react it's in their head, maybe not externally, if, if mm. uh, an American woman said peace and love to them? Oh, my God, Americans. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they would do. <laughs> and I'm not. I don't mean stereotype all builders because we did that last week when I was when I insinuated or, or the builder wouldn't like a, a gift of a gift of cupcakes, <laughs> which I feel yeah, terrible. Yeah. I, I felt did someone write into you about that? No, it was, it's, it's a long story. Okay, if you listen to the podcast, you'd know. Well, we've I've stopped doing my walks because we're going on bike rides. That's the problem. Yes, yes. Um. So. So, oh, um, I'm sorry to bother you. I just wanted to say that um, I know you, you've got a job that you're doing. Um, this area of my garden yesterday just got decimated. Um, and there's some plants that were sort of flattened, like these guys right here. Um, but But there were different plants here that were just straight up missing. And... I don't know what's going on. I don't want any sort of conflict because I, I adore our neighbors and I know they're employing you. But if we could prevent further damage from happening while you're working today, that would be fantastic. No damage. There's been no no damage. <laughs> Sir, there were... I mean, how, how far do you put this out? Annabelle, can I just check something? <laughs> Is yeah. English the yeah, first yeah. language for these, these, these gardeners in, in your role play situation? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. So it was, yeah. I'm seeing They're him a bit drifting like drifting into Eastern European. A bit, a bit like the gardener from the Fast Show, um, played by Paul Whitehouse. Do you remember Ralph and Ted? Oh, uh, yeah. The landowner yeah, yeah. and his gardener. Yeah, that, so I was channeling yeah. him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're going no damage, no damage, no damage. No. Uh, no. Sir, there, there is. You can see these these two plants, right? Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. Photos. <laughs> Well, I, I didn't take a photo preemptively because I didn't know that you were going to literally remove them from my garden. No photo, no proof. No photo, no proof. No photo, okay. d- no picture then didn't, I think, didn't happen. Then I think I'd be out D- because I, I I would be enraged <laughs> and it would consume me for weeks. But then I'd be out because I'd be like, oh, it's a crazy person. Okay. So is that convincing well, that, not to okay. confront uh, the gardeners tomorrow? Oh, Annabelle's got a question. Yeah. That, that, oh, right, that, not I was giving you worst case that. scenario. I think generally they'll probably say, "Oh, sorry, sorry, love. Um, we'll we'll try a bit harder this time." Okay. Do you know what I'm going to do? I think I'm going to sit. Um... Did you watch Ozark, Annabelle? First series. Do you remember the the sort of crazy older woman who was yes. extremely violent? She would sit yes. out on a rocking chair on her very enormous front porch. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Surveying yeah. her land. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do tomorrow. While they're working. While they're working. There we go. And and I just want to point out our back garden is tiny. Oh, yeah. It's about as big as a car. So that would be especially funny. Legitimately, our garden is the size of two cars. Two big cars is the size of of our garden. Two big cars. So that would be funny for you to say, where will we get a rocking chair at such short notice? I know. I'm one of the non-rockers. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, we will, for for future reference, if you have uh, uh, advice, I mean, hindsight is um, is a valuable thing. Maybe but... some people, it comes out tomorrow morning. Maybe some people listen to it first thing on a Wednesday. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so send it in, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thank you, Sarah. And I will say that was the fourth attempt at telling that story. We had to redo it and redo it and redo it. Redo it so. <laughs> oh, you're lying. It was the first one, which the only reason I'm saying that is that it did go on way too long. You should have heard the first 15 minutes of the podcast this week. What was going on? Why was it taking so long? I don't know. You know, nothing had really happened to me this week. So I jotted a few things down and then ended up not talking about any of them. But I didn't replace them with anything at all interesting. And everything was very long. I don't even want to go into it now. Mm. I don't want to go into it. Well, there we go. Do you want to hang around for Quandary Corner? Or do you want to go and return to no, whatever I'll you're, go you're doing? No, I'll go downstairs. Yeah. Um, and 
approximate time that you'll be finished? Well, Country Corner usually goes on for, I would say, <laughs> eight minutes. And then we do the little outro, which is yeah, probably usually. only a, a minute. So that's mm. nine. And then the podication, mm. it, it can vary wildly. But I'd say an average of six. Mm. Oh, so okay. So 15, we're not just eating minutes. dinner till 9.45. Well, it's, it's 15 minutes away. Okay. Okay. Annabelle, it was nice to hear your voice as always. Bye. You too. You too. Bye. gone right uh quandary <laughs> quandary corner at the glap clinic and problematic who's the first one from it is from grand duke andrew as lockdown eases and the possibility be, of being invited to dinner returns i need to know the rules on seasoning food that has been prepared for you if you can i just check this is salt- when you say grand duke andrew this isn't prince andrew he's not no, going to no, go no. to that I, pizza I, yeah. express when lockdown's over is he <laughs> No, I can confirm it's definitely not that one. Okay, it's, okay. It's the other one. It's the other one. The Grand Duke. he is a Duke. Andrew. Right, right. Just a regular Duke. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He's, he's not a Grand Duke, Duke, though, is he? No, no. Yeah, there's a big, big difference. Big difference. Okay, I'm going to start no, it again. As, okay. lockdown, as, lo- as lockdown eases and the possibility of being invited to dinner returns, I need to know the rules on seasoning food that has been prepared for you. If you immediately put salt on something, you're telling them that you have no faith in their cooking. However, if you eat a little and then season, that's almost worse. An instant review of their food, thanking you in advance. The the rule is you put salt on straight away. I I think the rule is you you don't use salt or pepper, regardless of how bland it is, because it's a criticism. Oh, well, I suppose it depends. I suppose if you are either asking for salt or pepper or you brought your own, then then I think that's true. <laughs> I think if it's there on the table, especially when you go around for dinner at someone's house and maybe they've got some nice rock salt or, you know, flaky sea, mm. sea salt or kosher salt or whatever, that's fine. But I, th- I think Andrew is right. You know, you can't bite it and then season. Um, you know, I, I I will often just put salt on stuff and I just presume that people think, Jeff's a salty guy, isn't he? You just he go salt. put it on straight away and go, I'm sorry, I just love salt. And I do. That is that is true of me. I think it's like magic dust that makes mm. everything taste better. And it's also, you know, yeah, the more yeah. salt you eat, the more extreme you want it. And, the, the you know, now everything I eat tastes like the sea. Sea, <laughs> that sounds that's, lovely. That's how, that's how I like my food. Um, okay, is, is that, well, we've rattled through that. Anything more? Yeah, but if we agreed, you're, so you're saying we're saying just put it on no, straight no, away. No, That's you're, you're saying under no circumstances, if you're in so, somebody else's house, should you season mm, the food you just suffer. beyond what's. Yeah, no, you yeah suffer. I think that's, yeah. that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. okay. Okay, let's move on to Roz then. I sometimes get a lift with my boss at work as we travel together to a different office for meetings. Who initiates the conversation in this situation? How legitimate can my awkward silences be? Very occasionally, it's not just us in the car. There is another passenger in the back seat. Does the rule change? Does the front seat passenger then have responsibility for the conversation with the back seat passenger? Mm, Good question. How, my first question would be, how come that other person gets to go in the back seat? Because I think the, the conversational weight is out, off you if you're in the back seat. So that's the, always the best place to be. 
Oh, do you think so? That's interesting. Because I think that, so the driver, they've got free pass, they're driving, they're not in charge. So if it's just you and the driver, unless you want silence, unless you think silence is okay, it's up to you to do the heavy lifting of the conversation. But if there's someone in the back, I think because they've got the back seat, the good seat, it's up to them to make the effort. But I think you shout, you know, there's an assumption that you can't hear as well in the back. Do you not think? True. True. So I think the pressure is off you in the back because um, okay. you can just pretend like you can't hear what's going on in the front, unless you're in a mini, but assuming that you're not. Yeah, I'm um, going to change my mind. It's kind of like the child, the child seat, isn't it? You can then yeah, you yeah, get yeah, to be yeah. like a child and not have to get involved with the adult's conversation. And I feel a little bit, if they're the boss, status-wise, mm. it should be up to them to make the conversation. Oh, even if they're driving, okay. Yeah, I think so because it's, most yeah, most people t- talk and drive, don't they? It's you know. Um, yeah, I suppose when it's if, it's if it's a boss that does change things. Okay, yes. so what about the rule is if it's the boss, they have to make the conversation regardless of who yeah. else is in the car. Yeah. If it's just an equal colleague, it's up to the front seat passenger, and if, in all situations, including if there's also a back seat passenger. You see, I'm, I'm wondering if you're a passenger, it's not you, really the driver should put the radio on and then just solve that problem because the, then you don't need to worry about talking because you're all just listening to the radio. That's what radios are for, aren't they? <laughs> That's I the think whole point. Largely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, um, <laughs> you could, here's a good conversation you, you could try, Roz. You could say, Hey, has your car radio got Bluetooth? Because I've got a real cool podcast you, can, you guys are really. <laughs> And then you could listen to Reasons to be Cheerful. Oh. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. We just did one on um, theatres. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, because hundreds of theatres are on the brink of closing, Annabelle, and uh, we looked at what they've done done in Germany, which basically is just give a billion to the arts and cultures sector as a bailout. But we also looked at... um, FDR's New Deal in the 1930 and huge aspects of that supported the arts in ways that you might not know about. Oh, really? Well, this sounds yeah, very I mean, interesting. There you go. I don't go, think Ros. it was like a big slice of the New Deal pie, but in terms of the, you know, the amount of funding, the amount of projects, it was really quite incredible. So, yeah. So, okay. say, say, I've got a real cool podcast you guys can all listen to, and then then um, download Reasons to Be Cheerful. Great. I think that's an excellent idea. There we go. Problem solved. Not this. This, you know, no, uh, no, as we've no. said, be- as we've said before, with this podcast, you need to really be certain, and then you just very discreetly suggest somebody listens to it, on the understanding that they'll also, never speak I, of it again if they don't like it. I've been very much enjoying Grounded, Louis Theroux's lockdown. No, podcast. no, Have you no, heard no, no. If they're going to listen to the podcast, it's going to be reasons <laughs> to be cheerful. But everyone likes Louis Theroux. Like that's a safe bet. Have you heard the one with um, Gail Porter on it? Yeah, yeah it's really good. But they're all, I Is think it good? I haven't listened excellent. to it, but uh, Gail's a friend of mine. We used to be like really friendly um, back in the day. I'm in her autobiography. You are. I remember you telling me because yeah. you went straight to the index to look for your name. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, uh, not one of Noddy Holder's, maybe two of Noddy Holder's autobiographies. Stop showing off now. Come on. I'm trying to think of any others. <laughs> That's enough. I have, had, I have known people write autobiographies and then... then felt slightly affronted that I'm not in them. Mm. Most notably, my life insurance salesman. 
<laughs> like, do you not think? I mean, I'm not saying I'm at all an impressive person, really, but I, I, I feel that having gone through the index of his his autobiography that I, I I really warranted being in there as much as some of the other people. And yet I was left out. And when I brought this up with him, or I say when, I mean, I, I've often brought it up with him. He always says, oh, you can be in volume two then. There's not oh, going to be a volume two. Good, good, I'm surprised there was volume one. I think we all are. But <laughs> <laughs> good answer though. Um, anyway, uh, I, th- I think that's that all solved. Mm. Um, if you have a quandary for quandary corner, email us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. I don't know if anybody will have got us this far this week, really. There's a lot of ramble in there, wasn't there? Yeah, but Randall can be nice sometimes. I know, I'm just not sure that this week was one of those times based on what I was rambling on about. (laughs) Uh, But thank you for listening. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the back of music, to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. And my my favourite phrase from this week's podcast was, it was about the size of a tube of Rolos. Podication time. This comes from Ben in Bradford who says, Hello, Annabelle. Hello. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Hope that you had a a great couple of weeks away. I am writing on episode 101. Yes, that's episode 101. Wow. So that um, is, is that, I'm trying to think when we had a couple of weeks away. A year ago, am I thinking? Maybe. Was it around your birthday last year? Did you go away for a couple of weeks? I can't remember. I know. Oh, maybe it was when I went to edit. No, I'll tell you when I think it was. I bet it was September of last year Uh, when we went to Shelter Island and New York. I think that was when it was. Oh, I don't know when we'll get to travel again. My passport has been in the washing machine again. and um, It it lives in the washing machine. I've never known anything like it. I know. I don't want to. This time, though, I'm not sure if it's usable. So looking at it, I think maybe I could get away with it. But at the same time, when lockdown's over, I wouldn't want to book a trip away Mm. and then find out when I get to the airport that they're not going to let me leave the country or enter another country with this mangled passport. Passport, It's a difficult thing. But Mm. replacing it as a palaver at the moment because of lockdown and because of of COVID generally. So I don't know what to do. I just don't know, Annabelle. I don't, don't think know. that generally insurance policies cover like passports that go in the washing machine before a trip. I don't know. Maybe think, they do. Maybe. Who knows? You'll uh, ask your salesman. <laughs> <laughs> he only does life insurance. Oh, I'm so sorry. He doesn't sorry. do any other form of insurance. Right, right. When I was a kid, we used to have the insurance man who'd knock on the door every Thursday and collect money. And I think he was all all encompassing. But oh. this guy only does. Anyway. Um, I would be deeply honoured if you'd podicate an episode to my friend Karen. Yes, it's Karen, but with two E's. I don't know if I've never known how to pronounce that name. I always think of Karen Woodward from Bananarama. Yeah, and we and we called her Karen, didn't we? Or Karen? Yeah, I can't even remember. But maybe there was just another Karen Woodward, and for union reasons, she needed to uh... put the. E. I don't, don't know. I don't know. 
Um, I've been listening to Adrift since you began, and Karen, 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 sorry, is the first person that I've managed to convert as a listener. I enjoy listening to the show, and so much of the social anxiety—sorry, uh, so much of the social anxiety—resonates with me. Maybe one day I'll finally get the courage to email in about my, and then he uses inverted commas, physics lesson incident. I am Ooh. so intrigued, he says, me as a 13-year-old. Or many of the more recent incidents which caused me to look at the floor and back slowly away from conversations. So great. Uh, I'm sure Karen has a whole range of stories which would also highly amuse me, but it's too shy to mention. I'd love to uh, listen to episodes together with her, but our diaries mean we get far too little time to try such things. But I know that she is rapidly bashing through the back catalogue, listening on her commute and lengthy dog walks. And it won't be long until she's at episode 100. Yes, 100 episodes. So hopefully in the near future, she will hear this podication, smile and take the lead in suggesting a co-listening adrift session. Big loves, big love and hugs to her. And big loves to you both. Um, thank you, Ben. That was a, a lovely email. And, yes. uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, when we were talking about that weird triangle of, was it Bob and, what were they called? <laughs> Rob and Jen and Nick. Yeah. You know, it's always fascinating That weird triangle. Somebody... <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird triangle. <laughs> Podcast menager, you're getting getting carried away with that. (laughs) You're very much filling in the blanks of what you didn't know. (laughs) 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 Look, what they do behind closed doors is is their business as long as it's in adherence with the current rules Mm. and guidelines. Yeah, yeah. I think that means they can't do anything behind closed doors. They have to do it in in the garden or in the park. But that all changes on the 4th of July. Um, Mm. Yeah, (laughs) so, uh, uh, Ben, thank you for your kind words. Thank you for working your way through uh, the podcast and being with us since the beginning. And and Karen, thank you so much for for hopping on board. Hopping on board our life raft. Um, So there we go. It's the latest edition of the podcast is podicated from Ben in Bradford to Karen Karen. And if you would like one of these podications for you, then you what are you laughing at? Nothing. Do you want to just da da that? There's another song that you've got stuck in your head, isn't there? Is that the first one again or is it the same one? No, I think that's a different one. Okay, well... Uh, if you can identify any of those durders <laughs> or uh, you'd like a publication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Right, stop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.